My partner in crime every Friday is Brad Bannon, and more than a pleasure to have him back with me this Friday and every Friday, and he's sticking around a little longer today because we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. Brad Bannon runs Bannon Communications Research. They're a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. Recently, Brad also started blogging for EpicTimes.com. Formerly, he wrote for U.S. News and World Report. He is also a lecturer in poli-sci at Salem State University in Salem, Massachusetts. More than a pleasure to have back on the program, my buddy, co-host every Friday, Brad Bannon. Hey, Brad, how you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing great today. We have lovely weather here in Massachusetts. Uh, the Red Sox are in first place in the American League East. What more could I ask for? <laughs> it's actually warmer where you are than where I am here in Southern California in the Los Angeles area. I'm freezing today. Um, the uh, it, let, let, Let's start it off with something that is my favorite uh, that I donated $50 to get in six to eight weeks, and that is the official woman card. This, to me, let, let's talk about this. Donald Trump has said, and, and more than one time, that... Hillary plays the woman card. That's all she has going for her. And her response was, quote, if fighting for women's health care and paid family leave and equal pay is playing the woman card, then deal me in. But she wasn't alone. Other people voiced their opinions, and not just women. There have been supporters. By the way, not just all over the country, all over the world. I've seen people posting from France and Ireland, and everybody was joking, myself included, saying, hey, I'd like a woman card. A woman card of their very own. Well, guess what? Hillary and her campaign said, we'll give you one. And they're making a limited number, and it says, you know, chip in, and you'll get your own official Hillary for America woman card. Brad, is this beyond taking lemons and making lemonade? Is this when somebody serves the ball to you, smashing it out of the court there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, First of all, it was incredibly stupid for Trump to say it. Uh, And secondly, I agree with you. I think Hillary Clinton handled it very well. And I think this is, you know, this illustrates the problems Trump's going to have as a candidate. Uh, He just pops off uh, and says things that come come to his mind, which is nice to some people, but it's horrible for other people. Uh, I've been, you know, in the 24 hours or so since I first saw this story, uh, all I can see on the Internet are Hillary cards. That's okay, all that's and, there. and hang on to that, Brad, because we're going to take a break and we're going to continue this conversation. I want to hear from you. I got asked on TV today, you know, come on, a, a, a woman's card? You need to have, you know, come on, that's her identity? Well, I'm a woman, and it is part of her identity. We'll be back. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Happy Friday. Hope you'll join us. 8886-LESLIE. 888-653-7543 is the number. Pick up the phone and join us. Want to get your opinions. Want to get your take. Want to get your input on the official woman card. Because, you know, Donald Trump said it. Hillary Clinton now goes with it and her campaign goes with it and she is offering it. Brad, before the break, you were commenting on this. Please continue. Uh, yeah, let me say one thing. I have one bit of advice uh, for you. Uh, when you get your Hillary woman's card, don't leave home without it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, this has been a disaster for Trump. I mean, his, say, his negative among women uh, was already in the 70% range. And 
it's going to be even higher. And, you know, anybody who's taken a close look at the presidential exit polls in 2012 will tell you that 53% of the voters in 2012 were women and only 47% male. Uh, so this is just incredibly stupid and a classic illustration of why Republicans in Washington are scared to death of Donald Trump, because he, they know he's going to do stuff like this all through the fall campaign. And is it odd to you that he would pick on women when on women's issues, she definitely, I mean, the you know, majority of people support family leave, some kind of to leave don't think Americans have enough, even if it's just a woman. And regardless of where somebody stands on reproductive rights, you know, people do want pre- and postnatal care. People do want women to be able to have mammograms and be properly screened for breast cancer and other cancers like ovarian, cervical, uterine. And then, of course, you know, most people feel that, you know, men and women should be paid the same. And, you know, there are those that don't, you know, have the information, so sometimes they're believing right right wing rhetoric that is not accurate but overall i just don't understand why you're targeting a the largest population in the united states b the largest population in the world three a political force to be reckoned with in voting that's only going to grow going forward i i i just don't understand it you know i understand attacking her for benghazi and emails because that plays well it's a good sound bite and it shows it can hurt her in the polls but attacking her with women does that do just the opposite you know why you can't understand it leslie now, why? Because you're sane. Okay. And, you know, sane people, Donald Trump is not sane. Uh, you know, he just, you know, everything is, you know, something pops into his head and it's out of his mouth three seconds later. Uh, he doesn't think about these things. Uh, he just says, you know, what he has in his mind. Uh, and some people find that endearing, uh, but most Americans think he's a lunatic. Okay, um, that's not half the uh, Republican Party. So let's talk about those numbers. Hillary's done very well with women, but she hasn't done well with the young women that Bernie has. And Donald Trump actually does better with women than a lot of the other candidates exit polls in the exit polls showed in the last sweep that he took in the primaries of the five states in the Northeast uh, just a couple of days ago. So does doing this actually are we going to see a mass exodus of those who do support Trump who are female going to Hillary? And will it push those who are undecided who they're going to vote for or might think they'll stay home to say, you know what, I'm going to vote for gender now? Well, uh, first of all, if you're talking about uh, young women, um, especially young single women, I will guarantee you that Hillary Clinton will get something like 65% of the vote in November. Uh, and the reality is, yes, yeah, some of these young women might stay home in ordinary circumstances, but Trump scares them to death. Donald Trump's going to bring them out for Hillary. Hillary won't have to do any, uh, you know, get out the vote activities because Trump will do it all for her. Uh, and they're not going to vote for Trump anyway. I mean, the only danger is they won't vote. Uh, and but I, I think Trump will will bring them out and they'll make an extra effort to vote because of Trump. Now, the problem Trump has is not with young women. It's basically with middle-aged uh, uh, female independents. Uh, 
who live in you know suburbs outside of Cleveland uh, and outside of Los Angeles and outside of Philadelphia. Uh, those women are normally inclined to vote for a Republican presidential candidate. But one of the reasons why Trump is doing so poorly in the polls, he was scaring them off. And this was before the woman card. Uh, and he has to, if he doesn't keep those, you know, married, uh, middle-aged, independent women in the fold, there's no way he can win. And he's doing everything he can to drive them out. Let's take some calls. 8886 Leslie. 8886537543 is the number. Let's go to Reggie and Georgia Line 2 listening on Progressive Voices. Reggie, what do you think of this woman card thing? Not just the issue Donald Trump bringing it up, but the card, the actual card Hillary Rodham Clinton is offering to folks who send 5 bucks or more her campaign way. Well, do you think that Donald Trump will try to outdo her with coming up with a with a man card or should I say in his case, not his narcissistic ego? Uh, the Trump card, you know, to, uh, to try to outdo Hillary Rodham Clinton's woman card, you know, full limited edition. And I would also like to know, I wonder what new conservative women, like I said, just call it Arena, feel about the the women, the woman card, and what Donald Trump says about women, or concerning women, or attacking women. I wonder how do they feel about that? Conservative women, like I said, just call it Arena, feel about what Donald Trump says about women and the woman's card. Well. Uh, yeah, uh, basically, I'm sure there are some conservative women, probably older women, uh, who you know probably agree with Trump on this stuff. But the problem is, the overwhelming majority of women are horrified of Donald Trump, and this thing with the card uh, will horrify them even more. Uh, and you know, you know what. Donald Trump can come up with a man card, and there are some older men in this country who will eat that up. Um, and Donald will say, hey, use the Trump card at any of my casinos. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't do that. They went bankrupt. Uh, you know, it's just a horrible thing. For he can't, Trump can't win this war, so I wouldn't try to fight it if I was him. Okay, Brad. Um, th- this morning, um, I, Donald Trump says... That Hillary, the only thing she has going for her is a woman, and I think we discussed this briefly on Wednesday of this week, two days ago. And I think we agreed, so let's just do a little refresher quickly. If Hillary were a man, she'd actually do better than she's doing. Her gender hurts her, especially because of the kind of her that she is, which is that very strong, aggressive female, and really uh, a first lady like nobody had seen since Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, God, yes. Uh, you're absolutely right about this. Uh, the I, you know, there are a num- there are voters out there, and they're mainly older voters uh, who just aren't comfortable with the idea of a female president. And you know, I had this discussion with uh, some of the women in my classes, and I asked them if it was a big problem. Uh, they could see it being a big problem for Hillary Clinton, and they must all, you know, unanimously say yes. Men don't take us seriously in the same way they do other men, and I think that's very true, uh, especially true at the presidential level. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, this idea of identity. I was asked this morning on Barney and Company on Fox Business Channel that I, a show I do usually every Friday when I'm in. New York next week. I'm going to be doing the uh, show on Thursday. Um, but from Los Angeles, normally every Friday. When I was on this morning, 
Um, Stuart, the host, Stuart Varney, asked me, uh, why does, you know, she want to bring this, you know, politicize, you know, this, you know, female identity? And with, you know, I'm not going to be able to remember what I said verbatim, but basically, as a woman, it is part of my identity. And uh, being a woman is part of Hillary's identity. And that can't well, be looked. We don't have any, we don't have any reference to female presidents of the past. Her being a female is relevant, and anyone who is a female or has a daughter, a mother, a sister, that, that is part of identity, and certainly that identity plays into certain issues uh, with regard to certain legislation and decisions that could come from the top uh, down, and, and that's the, 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 the position she's vying for is the top. Well, yeah, she, you're right. She can't avoid being uh, a woman. She can't avoid playing the, the woman card any more than Donald Trump can avoid playing the man card. And Donald Trump calls, plays the man card all the time, uh, you know, talking about the size of his hands, uh, you know, bombing the crap out of Muslims in the Middle East. Uh, Donald Trump plays the man card every day, and he doesn't get criticized for it. Uh, he's a man. Hillary Clinton is a woman, and there's voters know that you can't escape it, uh, and you deal with it. Oh, I want to know though: is it well? First of all, you have, as a Democratic strategist, worked with campaigns, worked with candidates, and, and advised them, and continue to do so. Would you? Do you feel this was a brilliant decision by somebody on her campaign who said? People are joking about this woman card. Let's give them one. Oh, yeah, I, it's brilliant. I, it is the perfect response. Her statement about, well, defending, uh, you know, if advocating for child care and equal pay uh, well, is pay, playing the woman's card. Her response was brilliant. And somebody else didn't write that because she, had, she just came out and responded. Or I, I hope nobody else wrote that. It sounds like something she would say off the cuff. But the idea of the card, let me tell you something. I've already given to her campaign a couple of times. I gave her 50 bucks more today. Now, I'm not a rich person. I'm not a poor person. But I gave her 50 bucks more today. If a lot of other people are doing that, and I, I think we're going to see some uh, campaign numbers and some fundraising numbers based on that woman card effort higher than people think. This is something people are doing not just here in the United States. There are people in other countries. There are, there's a group of women in France who are getting other women in the EU to get this woman card. And my guess is um, they, because of this very clever idea, uh, they will raise millions of dollars off this idea. Um, they'll be raking in the money hand over fist uh, because it's caught the public's imagination, uh, and she's going to make a ton of money off this. And whoever thought of it, whether it was her or one of her staffers, it was brilliant, and they're going to raise a lot of money it, and they're also going to raise Trump's negatives among women, although that's hard to get them much higher than they are now. I have to say, it, it amazes me how fast they come out with this, the idea, the card, the design, the link, and then they're going to send it to you. I'm, I'm sorry, I mean, the, the card looks like something like a lot of companies that pay all these, you know, marketers and graphic designers to, you know, take months to come up with the brainchild of. And I, I think it's great. It's vibrant. It's got the pink background. You know, we all love, you know, you know they think that all we women love pink, although in the sh certain shade like this from Morphusia, I do like it. But I, but I, I, I have to say, I, I just I just thought it was great. And, and, and one of the reasons is that 
that's what, you know, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It does come down to, if she's the nominee, a race between a man and a woman. Period. And, it, and it's not just about being a man and a woman, but that is in a person's mind when they go to cast their vote. They are voting Absolutely. for a man or a woman, and then what does that man or woman think or promise? What are their ideas or their values or uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the type of politics they want to practice, and do you agree with it? Uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, you can't separate the two. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton can't separate herself from her gender any more than Donald Trump can. Uh, no, I, I, and I, uh, I absolutely agree. We have so many things to talk about. I'm wondering if we should uh, save some of the other stuff. I think we should save some of the other topics for the next hour because we're just like, you know, not even two minutes um, away. Uh, anything else that you want to, you know, say with regard uh, to playing the woman card? And do you think Trump is actually regretting this? Like you said, you see the card and her name everywhere. You can't pay for this kind of exposure and publicity. No, you can't. I would. No one who's on the internet today can go more than three minutes without seeing the thing. It's everywhere. Uh, whether Trump regrets it or not. Um, again, uh, I think the only person you can ask that question of um, is a psychologist. Um, uh, Donald Trump doesn't think, uh, uh, well, he either doesn't think um, or doesn't think like most other people. And he may think, this is great, you know, I told Hillary off. Uh, and, you know, it's impossible to, for any rational, sane person to understand what Donald Trump does and doesn't do. Because there are very few Americans who think the way Donald Trump does, uh, and so it's hard to understand why he behaves and talks the way he does. Brad, thank you. Stay with us, buddy. I know you're going to stay with me in the next hour. We've got talk media news coming up, joining us shortly right here on the only true democracy in talk radio. For, for Brad, check out his website, BannonCR.com, on Facebook. Like him there, facebook.com forward slash Bradvannon1. On Twitter, follow him there, at Bradvannon, B-R-A-D-V-A-N-N-O-N. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Brad Bannon's with me, my partner in crime here on this Friday and every Friday. He's agreed to stay with me for a second hour. We have a lot to talk about because there are so many issues. Be sure to pick up the phone and join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Hey, Brad, happy Friday. Thanks for sticking around for the second hour with me, a third hour with me of the show today. Brad? Couldn't help myself. I'm sorry, say that again? I had so much fun an hour or two, I couldn't help myself. Ah, we love it. Brad, as you know, runs Banda Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm that helps labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. He also lectures poli-sci at Salem State University in Salem, Mass., and is a blogger every week for the EpicTimes.com. Formerly, he wrote for U.S. News & World Report. Well, we talked about the Hillary campaign now offering the official woman card for a $5 donation or more, and uh, Donald Trump might be regretting that he ever accused Hillary of playing the woman card when she said, like you and I agreed last hour, if fighting for women's health care and paid family leave in equal play is playing the woman card, then deal me in, and then offers your own official Hillary for America woman card. We both agreed campaign strategy, taking, uh, you know, insult and hurling it back, uh, benefiting from it, 
brilliant, we both uh, felt, and we'll hear how people in this hour listening to our program feel. By the way, you can join us. This is your show, and I want you to join Brad and I with your opinions, your comments, your questions, your concerns here on your show. Pick up the phone to join us, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543, to call, to tweet, follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall, and I'll incorporate those throughout the hour. But there's another issue that happened and that I was uh, sitting and watching when I was waiting to go on TV this, this morning. Uh, not that it happened this morning, but news footage of what happened uh, yesterday. Um, and, uh, well, actually, you know, they're, they're, saying that, they're saying that it happened today, Friday, but it actually happened last night because it was Thursday night. There were scores of demonstrators here in the state of California um, at the California Republican Convention. And the majority of those demonstrators were there for one purpose, and that was to protest Donald Trump ahead of his speech. Now, some of the protesters wore bandanas over their faces. Some of the protesters carried Mexican flags. That seemed to upset a lot of people. And they blocked off the road right in front of the Hyatt Regency in Southern California, Costa Mesa. And that forced the GOP frontrunner Donald Trump's motorcade to pull over along a concrete median outside the back entrance of that hotel. When he and his entourage got out and walked into the building, he said, this was not the easiest entrance I've ever made. It felt like I was crossing the border. Now, Ooh. there were about two dozen protesters who tried to rush barriers near the hotel. Police officers then rushed to the building's doors. They successfully blocked the protesters from getting in. There were several altercations. There were physical altercations. There was shoving. There was some shoving between protesters and police officers. Police officers were using batons to push people back. And after Trump arrived, protesters took down a barrier, flooded the entrance outside the hotel. Police again blocked them from entering. They chanted, get him out. Now, protesters have disrupted Trump rallies across the country for months, but it's rarely escalated into mass street demonstrations or into violent demonstrations. Many demonstrations focused on Trump's rhetoric on illegal immigration. Here's what some of those protesters said. Adrian Olivares, who is a 23-year-old college student, was draped in a Mexican flag. He said, quote, I came out here to support my people and my father. And this is what he told CNN. He said his goal in protesting Trump's appearance was to display his country's flag as loud as I can. Now, some people are upset by that. This is your country. If you're living here, and if you want to stay here, you should be draped in the American flag. But why can't people be proud of their heritage, especially when it is that country of Mexico that Donald Trump was attacking when he said, Mexico doesn't send us their best. You know the rest. Now, this guy, this college student, 23 years of age, said his dad came to the United States legally in the 1980s. He became a citizen. He created a home cleaning business in Sonoma County. He said his dad's very successful. And he said for, for Trump to say that, that we're a bunch of rapists, in other words, this guy says Trump's calling his father a rapist. Now, let me be very clear. Uh, my crew knows this. I'm a warm and loving person, but if you cross me specifically talking badly about my mother or children, God help you. And I, so I get it when he's like, F him. F Trump. I get it, because somebody has called 
him, his father, his his father's father, his uncles, his brothers, his cousins, his nephews, rapists. And his father came here legally and became a citizen, and he did it the right way. Remember, Donald Trump said, Mexico doesn't send us their best. These people are coming here illegally. They don't have documentation, blah, blah, blah. No. He said, Mexico doesn't send us their best. And everybody was like, he was talking about illegal immigrants. He never said that when you listen to the original comment. Now, inside the hotel, there were a few dozen convention goers and journalists that watched the scene, very chaotic, from the front windows. Otherwise, people hardly noticed, by the way. Other Peru's convention exhibits, they waited in line for a luncheon. There was a group of police in riot gear that suddenly splintered through a long hallway, and people continued to go about their business. Hey, this is Southern California. What do you want? Uh, Richard Marshall, GOP uh, chairman uh, for uh, Sisiskiyou County, was calmly strolling around in the hotel atrium talking to friends. He was unfazed by the protesters who were trying to storm the entrance. He said it's part of the business, isn't it? He said, I mean, I think it's unfortunate they don't want to have freedom of speech for everybody and want to have it all for themselves. And uh, there were people that were bare-breasted, men and women. Yes, women taking their clothes off, uh, their tops off, some of whom associated with the progressive group Code Pink, chanting, stop hate, as they marched. Uh, Nancy Mencius is a Code Pink protester, was kicked out of the convention. She yelled into a bullhorn that Republicans should dump Trump causing a stir inside the already energized state convention. And she told CNN afterward, my message here today is stop hate, dump Trump. At one point, and she wasn't being violent, you know, she was doing what Marky Mark did, right? Mark, do you want to remind everybody what you did in Buffalo, New York at the Trump sure. convention? I, well, I protested outside with um, a large contingent of protesters. They actually had us sectioned off, but we just chanted um, things like love Trump's hate, um, Hate is not a family value. They had one chant that was like racist, sexist, anti-gay, Donald Trump, go away, things like that. Um, If people gave us the middle finger, we gave them the peace sign back, um, which confused some people, but was really, it was a cool thing. Um, You know, very diverse crowd. Then I actually got a ticket from someone, went inside, um, waited for kind of a lull in the, the, the speech, which there isn't much. Trump keeps talking. I honestly think he actively does it on purpose so that it's hard to interrupt him. Um, just, so, you know, studying communications. I, I've noticed I noticed that while I was there. But um, I got about three rows uh, behind where he was, and then I just popped up out of my seat, went into the aisle, and shouted, hate is not a family value, you're not welcome in Buffalo. And now, then... i got to know, what's going because I know you very well, and our, our, the listeners know you very well, as Marky Mark, my executive producer, and who does one hour a week on the show for us. I, 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 I love for the kids to stretch their wings and fly, and uh, not fly away, though. And, uh, and, and, um, and, and Mark, you're sitting there. Now, you know you're going to do this. Did you know what you were going to say? Were you putting it together as you're sitting there? Were you nervous? Or are you sitting there going, one, two, three, here I go, here I go. I'm going to um, do this right now. All of the above. Uh, so I did think about what I was going to say ahead of time. Because you can't just jump up and, you know, I guess you could, but... Um, it was a little nervous because I had to interact with people to get where I was. I had to pretend uh, I knew someone to even get that low, and then... Um, when I asked if the seat was open that low, the, the two people next to me said someone ha- was sitting here, but they've left. So as long as they don't come back, the seat's yours. So I wasn't just going to, you know, they were at talking to me. And if they had known you were going to do what you were going to do, they wouldn't have let you have No. <laughs> um, so I was very polite and friendly. And these are, I mean, I'm from Buffalo. So these are Buffalonians. And I'm, you know, well, one guy was, one guy wasn't. I was talking to him. And just, you know, we weren't really talking a, a whole lot about politics, actually. And I wasn't steering the conversation in that direction. 
um, because I didn't want to have to say anything positive about Trump because I knew it would have just, you know, made me want to barf. So thankfully I didn't have to. Um, but then uh, I, right at the beginning, people um, did this action where they blew whistles and then they actually linked arms. Um, I think there was about 10 people. It was, it was um, reported and they laid on the ground. So it made the sheriffs have to, like, carry them out. It was like a, a civil, an act of civil disobedience. Um, so I waited for all of that to clear out because they were further away. They were, like, they were on the floor. And I was seated with all the fancy people in shirts and ties, like, behind um, the stage. So there was no one who protested as close um, as I did. So basically, they didn't really want people in the aisles. And uh, when I saw the people getting dragged out, it was far away. So I didn't know they had purposely made their bodies go limp for the police to have to actually carry them. I thought they were just getting hauled out by sheriffs. And I was like, oh, man, this is, <laughs> this is going to suck. But I was like, there's no way I'm, I'm going to do all this and then back out, you know, get this far. So, uh, you know, I was a little nervous, but I, um, I went out into the aisle, which you're not really supposed to do. And I pretended I was taking pictures and then it was kind of funny because this really sweet looking old woman with, you know, a Donald Trump sweatshirt on besides that, she looked like a sweet old lady was like, can you take my picture with, with him in the background? So I, right before I was about to do this, some, some old lady, I like took her picture with Donald Trump and then I didn't get to see how she reacted, but she must've been shocked what I did after because I gave her her phone back. Yeah, and um, so I just, uh, you know, I, I went close, and there was Secret Service there, too, looking straight up at my section, um, and they actually had vests on that said Secret Service, like bulletproof vests, so I shouted, um, hey, you know, hate is not a family value, you're not welcome in Buffalo, and I got a second and third one out because what happened was the sheriff looked up where I was, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a white person, let's just be honest, I had a shirt and tie on. I think they were probably looking for someone who they thought would fit the description of a protester, and even though I was literally three rows words, from them. They were, they were, in other words, they were looking for Hispanics, blacks, and Muslims. No, it's, I'm telling you, I, the guy, when, he, when his eyes locked with mine, he looked left and right, I, because I just think he was not processing that it was me. And then when he we locked eyes again, he realized it was me, and he came well, up. Yeah, be honest. Were you afraid just a tiny, tiny bit when it, yes. when it happened? Or did you? Did you? I'm sorry, but did you kind of feel like, oh, I can't say this on the radio, but did you? I know what you you mean. Did I? Was I feeling my oats, as some of the kids would yes, would say? Yes, yes. Um, a little bit of both. Uh, I was a little nervous, but then all that happened was, and I honestly think this is because of my race and how I was dressed and where I was seated. They took my arm. Um, very gently and said, okay, come on, get out, you know, we're getting out of here. And another sheriff then came next to him and they escorted me up the stairs and out into the, the aisle. Um, if anyone's been to an arena, it's a typical, you know, hockey arena. Um, and basically once we got out there, I was not saying a word. And then all of a sudden one of the sheriffs, as we were walking said, they said, we got to take you into this room. So I said, okay. And as we were walking, they, they said, thank you for, um, being peaceful, and um, not resisting or, or something like that, or peaceful and respectful. And I said, hey, I know you're just doing your job. So they took me into this room, and I went in, and there was other people, about eight or nine of them sitting in there who clearly had done the same thing I did. And they asked for our IDs, and um, they said – I didn't ask first why they were doing it, and then I was, like, a little nervous because I had read, like, they can't arrest you for, as far as I know, for just – protesting i i had a ticket i was allowed to be in there and if they didn't want me there they're allowed to remove me but unless i did something to hurt someone i i didn't think they were allowed to arrest me so 
when someone finally asked, I actually heard one police officer say to another, he was complaining about having to hold us there because I heard him say it's not like we're not gonna, it's not like we're gonna charge them with anything. So then I kind of was like more relaxed. And when somebody asked why they had our IDs, it said the uh, sheriff said that they were running them to make sure we had like no outstanding. Um, charges, which someone later told me they thought was illegal. But anyway, they gave me my ID back. They let us go, escorted us out of the building. And then when we left the building, everyone, all the protesters on the other side cheered for us. So it was uh, it was a pretty amazing experience, and I'm very happy I did it. Awesome. Uh, and I'm proud of you for that, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I honestly wouldn't, uh, and I'm not just saying this, have done something like that if I had never met you, Um because that's what got me interested in this, and I, I it, it takes a long time to go from being interested to being passionate enough to do something like that. Um, it's not something that happens overnight. Ah. Um. And, and, and anyway, um. So getting back to to the protest, but I, I think we would all agree, Mark. Since you're in on the conversation, don't go away yet, Brad. Um, well, I have to be a producer. I, 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 I have to put I, my producer hat on, Leslie. We have to take a break here. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, sorry. So, yes, you were. That's right. You were doing your job. <laughs> but you just kissed up to me and complimented me. That's right. That's okay. right. Oh, we're going to take a break. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. And that was Marky Markerwald, my executive producer. Andrew Tomney my assistant producer. Even though he wasn't on the air, we got to give him and show him some love. We'll take a break. We'll be back talking with Brad. If you're holding hang tight, we're going to get your take on the protest from last night. Get your take on this hill. Card, don't go away. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Leslie Marshall, he's Brad Bannon here on the only true democracy in talk radio of, for, and by you, the people. Now, I know we've got to take some calls, but we don't have that much time before the uh, break. And I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, um, you know, also go back to uh, what we were talking about, which are the protests uh, that took place in Southern California. And what I was going to say, Brad, I think you would agree, and, and Mark, I'm sure you agree as well. The First Amendment is about protesting freedom of speech and that ability to be free with our speech and the ability to freely protest. However, it is not about jumping on police cars, vandalizing property, pushing any individual. And people doing that, whether they're part of this group that was any anti-Trump protesting group, Black Lives Matter, whoever it is, hurts their cause, hurts the message, doesn't hurt that candidate they're angry with, it hurts the party that they're standing there, in a sense, representing. Brad, would you agree? Brad, would you agree? The more likely it's going to look good to people on television, and that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, what Mark described about the demonstration in Buffalo and what happened in Los Angeles last night, you ain't seen nothing yet. Wait until you get to Cleveland in July for the Republican National Convention. There are going to be thousands of protesters there. Uh, and my, what I think the problem is, so basically if you look at 
Trump, and this is what Americans are thinking, I think, wherever Trump goes, chaos follows. Americans don't want a president who produces chaos. Americans want a president who produces stability. And everything Trump touches, every place he goes, there's chaos. And in a troubled yeah, Brad, world, Brad, Brad, uh, Brad, you know, uh, you know, go ahead, go ahead, because we're going to be taking a break. Remember, let's take a break. When we come back, you and I will continue this conversation. We'll take calls eight 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 six Leslie, eight 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 six five three. 7543 is the number, and I want you to pick up the phone and join me. For a $5 donation, Hillary Clinton's campaign is now offering an official woman card. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. We're taking your calls about that and taking your calls about the demonstrations from yesterday. We'll be back. Leslie Marshall, welcome, welcome back. He is Brad Bannon. He is with us every Friday and decided to stick around in this hour. Brad, before the break, uh, we were talking um, about uh, protests. Uh, we were talking about the First Amendment. And we were talking about what, you, you know, when, when Donald Trump said if he didn't get the nomination, there would be riots. When I first saw these people and they said Trump in protest, I thought it was Trump's people that were doing this. In other words, we are and we should be better than that, those who oppose Trump. Agree? Well, yeah, I think this, this what happened in Los Angeles last night, Republican primary voters eat this stuff up. Yes. Uh, but I don't think it's going to play uh, in November uh, because basically Americans feel they live in a chaotic world and they want someone capable of dealing with the chaos, who is tough enough uh, to deal with the chaos, but is also stable enough to keep the country going in the right direction. That's what voters see in Hillary Clinton, and voters don't see that stability uh, in Donald Trump, and that's a major problem. Uh, that will be a major problem for him uh, during the fall campaign. But don't you think that there are those Republicans who are not in the 50% supporting him? or that may not want him to be the nominee, but that live in Southern California and that fear illegal immigrants, even though statistically it is people who are... That's what kills me when he said he's going to build a wall to keep us safe. Really. A wall also keeps people in, as well as keeps people out. And I say that because in Los Angeles, the overwhelming majority of people committing the crimes were born here or are citizens here even if they came from somewhere else. So that wall doesn't help for all the criminal elements that are here now or are about to hit the streets when they get onto parole if they can't behave themselves. Um, but don't you think when they see this, you know, 20 people arrested, cop cars being vandalized and smashed people standing on them, uh, you know, singing the songs, you know, F the police, um, even though I think it's a good song, by the way. Uh, but it, but in, in addition to that, you know, they people look out their window or people watch the news or watch online and say, oh, my God, look how violent these illegal 
immigrants are. Look how violent these undocumented workers are. Look how violent these Mexicans are that have come here through the back door, blah, 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 blah. Even though probably the majority of the protesters, I, I would venture to say, were legal. Um, I, I mean, don't, don't you think they're just feeding that prejudicial machine of bigotry? Uh, I think with a group of voters, yes. Um, if you're an older white male uh, in this country, you probably look at that and see, God, we need Trump. Um, I think most Americans, though, look at it and say, this guy creates a mess wherever he goes. Uh, we don't need that in the White House. We don't need that in the president. Okay, let's continue with some calls. 8886 Leslie, 7543 is the number. Let's go to Michael on the Bronx, line one. Uh, Michael, good afternoon. Hello, Leslie. Hello, Brad. How are you two doing? Hey, Michael. I'm doing good, Michael. Go ahead. All right. You know something? And you wonder why the state of the Republican Party is at an all time low. You two just start off with the violent protest that was going on. And I have to admit, I'm very skeptical about that because, like you said, we are better. And I also remember that there, are, there is a group of people who I would call troublemakers that just go out and just incite trouble uh, wherever there is, and then you they try to get a false picture painted saying, like, oh, Democrats are violent or blah, blah, blah. But nobody will pay attention to the violent rhetoric that Trump has issued, and in fact it's been Republicans or his supporters that have been violent. That's problem number one. Problem number two is, again, the hateful rhetoric that's been going around, the divisiveness, the racism, the sexism that's been um, occurring, the, um, the racial profiling. I mean, I can go on and on in this aspect. And, you know, the, the criminal justice system in bad need of reform, equal opportunities going out the window because of uh, Trump and the Republicans in Congress, the do-nothing Congress, the ones that are always obstructing and blocking everything. And i got to point out one more thing that pretty much ties it all together and what makes Trump and these far-right-wingers so godforsaken stupid. And that is, we try to stimulate the economy here in the U.S., and you know that one of the things that stimulates the economy is travel. Just as you have people in the U.S. that travel out to foreign countries for vacation, the same is vice versa. At the same time, there are people in other nations, if you recall back in 2008 and 2012, they look at the presidential elections and see who's coming into the White House. And a lot of them were supporting Obama. But I can also uh, reasonably suspect that the very same nations are very critical of Trump and the Republicans. And if Trump gets into the White House, just as you said, Leslie, that may be saying, like, F Trump, F everything he says and does, and it's like, who the hell will want to come to the U.S. to have a vacation and fear not be able to um, go back home? You know, people don't even think about that. So forget about this stupid war thing, which you're only focusing on the southern border, because sure as hell no one's concerned about the northern borders. That's where the racial um, divisiveness comes in. But then at the same time, you got people that are coming into the nation over the waters. I mean, get a grip, people. Come on. Let's do better than that. All right, Michael, thank you for the call. Let's, uh, Brad, anything to say before we move on to more calls? 
Uh, well, yeah, I think, uh, uh, well, I think Michael's right. And what I was thinking when Michael was talking was there's a piece of math here that's very important. In 2012, Mitt Romney got 27% of the Latino vote, 2-7. Uh, and Latino voters made up 10% of the presidential electorate. I don't think Trump will come even anywhere close to 27. I don't think he'll hit 20. And the Latino proportion of the vote will be not 10%, but 12 or 13%. Uh, and the math doesn't work for Republicans in general, and Trump in particular. All right, let's take more calls, and we go next to Susie in El Paso, Texas, on line three, listening on Progressive Voices. Hi, Susie. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Hi, Leslie. This is a good show. And, Leslie, for $10, they they have the deck of uh, women cards. For $10, the, deck the of Hillary. Women. <laughs> yeah, so for $10. That would just happen within the hour. But within the hour, see, see what happens when I'm on the air. I miss this. I miss this stuff. Thank you, Susie. And then I want to say, I, I paid fifty. I wonder, do I do I get a few? <laughs> um, I wonder how Trump would react and the Republicans would react if Hillary chose Julian um, Castro as her running mate. I think that. Well, would be I, I don't. I mean, I really don't think that at least the 50 percent approximately the support trump would act any differently than they do now their support of him speaks volumes to that and i wonder what hit but i wonder how his reaction would be if he would be uh, meaner and more hateful than he already is i'm sure he's going to attack whoever is on the opposite side of him so if she were to choose and I think whoever she chooses, he's going to personally attack her and whoever she chooses as her running mate. Brad, what do you say in response? Well, I think uh, I would be pretty sure that Hillary's running mate will either be black or Latino. Uh, and because, you know, Mitt Romney got 59... Uh, Mitt Romney beat Barack Obama by 20 points among white voters in 2012, 59 to 39. And it didn't matter because the uh, turnout from uh, black Americans, Latino Americans, Asian Americans went off the charts. And none of them voted uh, for Mitt Romney, or very few of them did. And I think Hillary's going to pick some of the names you hear most often um, are uh, Julian Castro, who is the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, uh, who uh, comes from Texas, uh, and Cory Booker, uh, the, the senator from New Jersey. And I think there's a good chance one of the two of them will be on the ballot, because I think that Clinton people see the secret to winning this thing is to generate uh, as much uh, non-white turnout as they can. Uh, and, you know, the great thing is Donald Trump's helping do, helping them do it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that will figure into the Hillary, Hillary uh, vice presidential choice. Okay, Susie and El Paso, thank you for your call. Brad, speaking of that, Marky Mark always likes to jump into my mind and pick my questions. <laughs> we do. I was just going to ask brain, you about right? the possible shortlist of Hillary Clinton's uh, you know, potential, uh, the contenders for the potential VP slot alongside Secretary Clinton. Marky Mark Romaldi, our executive producer, I know you had a couple of questions for Brad about Hillary's VP choice. Yes. So let's share with the people at least 
who seems to be on that short list? Who so, should do it? So, Mo, my question about two specifics were, one, Brad, you you mentioned Castro. Julian is his first name, correct? Yes. Yep. Julian Castro, and he's the housing secretary? Yes. Okay, so what about, there's been some questions about, um, from actually from some of the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party about um, him, them selling um, back default mortgages. I don't know if you had heard this issue brought up. I had heard the story, yes. Um, can you just illuminate um, our audience a little bit as to what you know about it and if that would affect um, her pick as she is trying to win over some of the more progressive wing of the Democratic Party, too. I think that's an interesting dynamic, trying to, you know, get that base for the general election, but shore up, you know, the left side of the Democratic Party. And then number two, I was wondering what your thoughts were on the rumors of potentially uh, Elizabeth Warren having a, a, a two-female ticket um, and what you would think about that, you know, just overall, and then what that would mean historically, if you wouldn't mind. You know, I don't want to take credit for this because I saw someone... Uh, say this on television, uh, a reporter asked a uh, strategist who works with the Clintons uh, that very question. Uh, is it like, you know, is it possible that, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton will pick uh, Elizabeth Warren as a running mate? And if he does, isn't that going to, two women on the ticket, um, going to cause problems? And the, the person, the Clinton strategist, had the greatest answer I've, I've heard in a long time. Uh, she she calmly said, "There's some precedent for same-sex tickets uh, in presidential races." Oh my God, that's amazing! <laughs> and you know she was right. Um, and I would be surprised uh, if it was Elizabeth Warren uh, for one reason. Um, I'm not. I don't think Elizabeth Warren would take the job. Um, basically, if you're vice president, uh, you get locked up for four or eight years. Uh, you don't get to do anything. Uh, you have to keep quiet. And I think Elizabeth Warren would say, hey, listen, I have a lot of power now in the United States Senate, and I'm, my power is increasing. So why am I going to give that up uh, to basically have a job uh, that no one takes seriously? Um, so I'd be very surprised if it was Elizabeth Warren. Um, I on would the be Castro... very surprised if it was Elizabeth Warren, simply because Elizabeth Warren has not said she is a Hillary or Bernie fan. Um, you know, and a lot of people align her with uh, Bernie. But also, isn't there a history of Democrats, at least in our lifetime, choosing somebody from the Senate? And i got to say, as a woman, I think a two-woman ticket would be suicide. And the reason is, it, it, there are a few things. One, if, if that's part of who you are, which it is for Hillary, she needs to distinguish herself from the rest of the pack. You know what I mean? The bridesmaids never should dress like the bride. You know what I'm saying? And, and then in addition to that, um, it, 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 it's so predictable. And they're a lot alike, not just in their gender. You need to pick somebody who isn't, like, opposite you but balances you out. And I'm not sure that Elizabeth Warren balances Hillary out, but I, I think two women – they would lose some people who might be concerned about two women in the White House when we've never had one in the White House. Brad, Mark, want to weigh in? I think you're right, Leslie. Um, I think it would be tough uh, selling a ticket with two women. I'm sad to say that, but I think it's true. Um, and I get, I'm, more, I'm guessing uh, that she's more likely uh, to go for a Latino or a black candidate. And between the two of them, I'd bet 
uh, on the Latino candidate because Latinos uh, are a growing elect- a political bloc in this country. And, uh, but, 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 and Brad, a, Brad, Brad, she's got the Latino vote nailed down. What she uh, needs well, the it's not about who don't want Trump and independents and moderates and centrists who don't love her or don't know who the heck they're going to vote for or don't want to align with a party. Well, you're right. I mean, my guess is at least 80% of the Latino voters will vote for Hillary Clinton. That's not the concern. The concern is how many Latino Latino voters will vote. And they feel that if you have a Latino vice president, that will galvanize uh, Latino turnout. Uh, and instead of getting, you know, 80% of 10% of the electorate, they'll get 80% of 12 or 13% of the electorate. Yeah, but we don't, uh, we got to take a break. But we know that's not true because Cruz and Rubio are Latino, and, you know, Rubio's gone and Cruz soon will be. Let's uh, take a break. We'll be back. Brad Bannon is my co host in this and every uh, Friday, uh, the second and sometimes third, like we're doing now, hour of the show. But we want to hear from you. Who do you think Hillary will pick as a running mate? Who do you think she should pick as a running mate? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Do you agree or disagree that two women like Elizabeth Warren and Hillary would be a bad idea? And what about Julian Castro? Would that be a good idea? You just don't think so. Like I said, she doesn't need a Latino running mate. She's got the Latino vote uh, nailed down. We're going to go uh, to break. We're going to come back to you. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Or follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Call us. We'll be back. Hey, Brad. Uh, Leslie is going to be back with us in just a second. But um, getting back to that question about Julian Castro, um, can you just give our audience a, a quick brief about why progressive groups were attacking him, um, the housing secretary, regarding those mortgages and what their beef is? Well, yeah, I'm not sure I understand the uh, specifics of the issue, uh, but apparently he's they, some people, progressive groups maybe, um, have said uh, that, uh, he did some kind of deal with housing companies um, that favored them as Secretary of House, Housing and Urban Development. Um, there's some concern about that in the progressive community, um, but I don't think it's a major pro- I think it is a problem. Uh, you know, Hillary Clinton might look at him and say, well, you know, we don't need any more of that. we got the problems of our own on that front. Um, yeah, but, yeah, uh, so it's possible, but uh, I don't think it's a deal-breaker. Got it. Um, and, and, uh, the, uh, thank you, Mark. Let's talk about Hillary Clinton's uh, choice for uh, running mate. We were talking about it earlier, and one of the things um, I had mentioned before the break I wanted you to respond on, Brad, was the um, historical, uh, the history that Democrats have with looking 
to the Senate? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden was in the Senate for, you know, a zillion years, uh, 30-something, not a zillion. Uh, and, yeah, um, the difference, though, is oh, Barack Obama picked Biden because voters saw Barack Obama as a political outsider. Uh, they didn't. He served in the Senate for four years, um, but he was the outsider candidate, uh, and he felt, and I think he was right about this. History proved that he needed a political insider uh, to balance the ticket. Now, I would argue that Hillary Clinton is the ultimate Washington insider. So, to balance the ticket, she would want to go outside of Washington. And again, uh, that brings you to you know Castro. Uh, before he was HUD secretary, um, he was the mayor of San Antonio, I think. Uh, he's very charis- charismatic. Uh, he's young, uh, and I I would guess that Clinton's not going to have another United States senator on the uh, ticket because she's already got the insider vote. Yep, I, I agree. Tom Perez is another one who was a good friend of this show and that we have a good relationship with. It'd be pretty cool to be in with the uh, VP, if that's the case. Uh, but we will uh, see. Who do you think Donald Trump's going to... Oh, we have 30 seconds left. Um, you know, I I don't think he's going to pick any of the uh, usual suspects. He'll probably pick a family member. Anyway, have a great weekend, Brad. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Thank you for listening to us. Marky Mark and Andrew, you guys rock. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Hasta lunes.